0: Hi everybody, I'm Jim Ford.
1: I'm Dan Kurtzke. And I'm Chad Bokelman.
0: And this is The Lantern Cast.
1: Episode 104.
0: Yeah, finally getting to Flashpoint. Yeah. Oh,
1: we were in such a rush. (laughs) Couldn't wait. Oh man.
2: And for anybody listening who doesn't know, Flashpoint was essentially uh, a DC storyline slash event, kind of, I guess, where... (laughs) It's it's you're basically like something happened in time, like something was done to a point in time that that just kind of just really screwed over the rest of the DC timeline that we've been reading about for decades, and it it it, it just overrode it into this world where everything's just just really crappy. Like <laughs> uh, like Atlantis and the Amazons are at war, and it's gonna crack the world in half. You know, Superman's ship. Instead of landing in Kansas, it landed in Metropolis and killed, like, a million people or something. Like, little 10-year-old Bruce Wayne died in that alleyway that fateful night. And uh, our buddy, Avin Sir, had his one claim to fame taken away from him. He did <laughs> not die. Yeah. <laughs> and as a result, Hal Jordan never got the ring. And, and thus we got... Flashpoint, Abin Sur, the Green Lantern, and Flashpoint, Hal Jordan, both three-issue miniseries exploring, you know, what would their lives be like today if that uh, that fatal, I almost said car crash, if that, if Abin flipped his his Ferrari, what would have no, if uh, that fatal spaceship crash <laughs> never uh, never played out.
0: Uh, so uh, I'll take Abin number one. <laughs> okay, uh, we got uh, Abin, sir, with his sister Arin, they're on Ongara, they're like kids, it's like kind of like a little prequel to the main story, and uh, Arin is teaching Abin that all life is important, um, Abin seems to take that to heart because in the next panel, he's like going to town on a Manhunter that's, uh, I guess, still operating. And, um, you know, the typical, it's like, well, you know, you're, you're not alive, you don't feel emotion, you don't know what life is, uh, you just want to destroy life, you are chaos yourself. Um, so he, you know, destroys the Manhunter, and then, uh, meets up with Sinestro, who gives him a rundown that Kilowog just died facing Necron, apparently, uh... Blackest Night is... Is happening... Or it's been happening... For a while... Um... Yeah... Not... Not good... But uh... (laughs) Wait... Wait... Yeah... Okay... Well we'll get to that later... In the discussion... (laughs) But uh... Yeah... Blackest Night is happening... Not... Not the way that it happened... In our universe... But... The uh... The Black Lanterns are... Slowly... Taking over the universe... Um... Sinestro wants to go and, you know, rally the, the troops to go take them out. But, uh, you know, Abin's got things to do, I guess. Uh, the Guardians... Oh, and by the way, the art style is, like, right out of the movie. It's like, watch, it's like reading a movie prequel
3: <laughs>
0: that has nothing to do with the movie. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that also. But the Guardians, they call in Abin... And they're like, uh, yeah, there's some some stuff going down over on that planet Earth. Uh, it's probably going to be destroyed. Everybody's going to die. But we need you to go and retrieve a, uh, a white entity um, that we put there for protection. And uh, he's like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to go get this white entity, but I'm also going to save these people. And uh, so he flies off to Earth. In a spaceship. Um, I don't really think they gave too much uh, explanation for that, (laughs) but... Flies to Earth in a spaceship, gets taken down with a purple ray, which... I don't think they said it here at all, but it comes from these... uh, The Wonder Woman's ships, they've been messing with this violet technology. And uh, as the ship's coming down, Hal Jordan just happens to be flying in the vicinity... So he, uh, hurries over, lands, you know, lands over there, and, uh, wait, that, that doesn't happen in this one.
2: Uh, no.
0: Okay. well, Abin crashes. Yeah, Abin crashes. Hal Jordan is going after him. All of these kind of merge together.
3: These,
0: <laughs> for me. The issue ends with Sinestro talking to Atrocitus. Um, who is in full Red Lantern gear, um, and you see the battery destroyed in back of him, and he's asking about the Flashpoint prophecy. Uh, And Atrocitus is all chained up with green energy, so (laughs) apparently the Red Lantern's lost against the Green Lanterns at some point. And that's the first issue. Yes.
2: Now at this point, (laughs) as far as I'm concerned, this was still pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this story is strong. Yes. Um, I mean, and I think... I think the strengths of this are also... kind of the underlying weakness to it. When you get right down to it. Because everything I find cool about this issue is... is, okay, here's this familiar thing. How did it happen in this version? You know, like, I wasn't so much enthralled by, you know, the life of Abin Sur, as I was by the fact that that, that uh, like, oh, Blackest Night is still, ha- Blackest Night is happening right now differently, I want to I wanna know about that, and like, when you get to the last page and you see Atrocitus like, the, the formation of the Red Lantern Corps happened well, how did it happen now, and what happened to get to this point, where like right. they had their uniforms and their central battery and whatnot, and like, they had a decisive right lost to the Green Lantern Corps. And, and, it, and as we'll see going forward, they really don't do not do much of anything with <laughs> these concepts that they introduced right here. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you could say that. You know, the Guardians say, how they, they give a number of how many sectors they are still...
2: Uh, 2,000... Uh, they say of the two thousand seven hundred and ninety-three sectors remaining under our authority, right. half have half have faced incursions from the Manhunters or the Black Lanterns.
0: Right. So that means that in this universe, the Guardians only have control over roughly seventy-seven, seventy-eight percent of the universe. Well, I mean, huh?
2: Well, now, right. I mean, i've I've been taking it as okay, blackest night happened and has been happening, so like they still had the full number of sectors at first, but this is what they're down to,
0: right, exactly, yeah, so you know, like, and now, all of a sudden that they've reached this point where they're at seventy seven percent seventy you know seventy seven and a half percent, that's when they decide it's like you know what, maybe we should get that white entity to try and fight these things. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, what, what you were saying, uh the well the, the the blackest night started basically when Hal Jordan was originally supposed to get his ring.
3: Huh? Okay. No. If,
0: if you remember in Secret Origins, when Hal Jordan got his ring, that's when Abin Sur was transporting uh Atrocitus to Earth and that's when Black Hand got a hold of Atrocitus' power rod. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Abin Sir died <laughs> and Hal took over his Green Lantern. Well, that never happened. Abin Sir never crash landed and died on Earth. So, because he never crash landed, you know, whatever happened, Atrocitus ended up being on Earth. And since Hal Jordan wasn't around there, he didn't have a Green Lantern ring. There was no saving Black Hand, which ended up killing. You know, you know, he ended up getting killed by Atrocitus. You know, setting Necron free. So, you know, however long Hal Jordan has been a Green Lantern, you know, in our universe, that's how many years ago the Black Lanterns, you know, the Blackest Night started happening.
2: Well, it's also. Well, I like I don't think I don't think it necessarily went down that way because I mean in this version in the Flashpoint world Blackest Night has not touched Earth because that's that's you read anything else Flashpoint that blatantly is has not happened on Earth so I think I don't think William Hand or whatever like it could have happened it could have started anywhere with any other character as a catalyst. No, they they him.
0: actually state that. Uh, I think it's at the very what is mm-hmm. it? The very end, um, where he's talking to Atrocitus because you. Uh,
3: uh,
0: yeah, you're the one responsible for s- spiraling the universe out of control. You murdered William Hand, unleashing Necron.
2: Uh forgot about that. Okay, yeah.
0: So, yeah. So I mean now. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, this world has never seen a crisis, which means that there is no anti-monitor to power a Black Lantern power battery. So yeah. it's probably slowed their progress quite a bit.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. Just means they have to kill more people. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did they... See, this is more interesting than that happens life. Did they... Why did... Why did Ungara explode? Like, what happened to Abin's planet? Did they tell us?
0: They didn't, like, clearly say it, but from what I gathered, uh, it was uh, a Manhunter, you know, destroyed by Manhunters. And that's why he had such a vendetta against them.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
2: that makes sense.
1: So, if all the core... Because I... For those of you listening, I don't have the comic in front of me. I have everything else, but I don't have that particular one. So... If I remember right, did they ever tell us who started the Sinestro Corps, or the Fear Corps, I guess? I don't if, think... if Atrocitus and his Red Lanterns are still kicking around and all this other stuff?
0: There is no Fear Corps.
2: Yeah, the only ones we know for sure about are Green, Red, and Black. Right. And hmm. presumably Larfleas might be, you know, buried still in, the ve- in a Vega.
0: Right, because, you know... Chances are nothing's ventured into O'Kara. In fact, O'Kara may have been devoured by Black Lanterns already.
3: Hmm.
0: Okay, so a couple of things. First off, the thing that... One of the things that really pissed me off about this was the Super 8 comic right in the middle. (laughs) Did you read (laughs) it? No.
2: Do you wish it was a Subway comic?
0: (laughs) No. No. But then, on top of that, like, there's a couple of points in this where... It looks like it's the end of the issue, and then there's an ad, and then, like, you know, a couple pages later, oh yeah, it starts up again.
2: Yeah, yeah, they do jump around, don't they?
0: They've like, and they did that throughout all of them. Yeah, it's it's like, like you know, okay, is it over, is it not over, you know, it's, like, confused, you're not sure when to expect the ending of the issue.
2: Yeah, there's a 12-page Super 8 ad in the middle, then... Two story pages, then a one-page Super 8 ad, then a Swamp Thing ad, then one story page, then a two-page Flashpoint ad, then one story page, then some film festival ad, probably showing Super 8, then an uh, in-house ad, then, the, <laughs> then a story page, then an in-house ad, and then the final story page. So it was, it was a little choppy. A little choppy.
0: <laughs> um, oh, and also you got the manhunters apparently uh, beating down the Thanagarians.
2: Cool. They deserve it. The jerks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, now, I don't like the art.
0: Yeah, that's actually what I was gonna.
1: Me too. <laughs> address next.
0: <laughs> I like the art. Mm-hmm. I just I, I do absolutely question the direction that they decided to go with going, you know, all movie style. Why? Why? Yes. Yeah. Okay, well I mean aside from the fact that it doesn't make any sense as far as they didn't change anything that would have changed the these Green Lanterns costumes and I think it's more confusing than anything else. Like, this has... like, If you were somebody that just saw the movie, and you go and read this, I'm sorry, but you would have no fucking clue what was going on.
2: So you would be in the same boat as people who are reading comics already.
0: Well, that's not entirely true, because we have a really good idea as far as, like, what's going on. We know the characters... You know, if you've been reading Green Lantern, you know a lot of the plot threads in this issue.
3: Yeah,
2: at the same, I mean, at the same time, you see the movie, you know who Avenger is. This is what you expect Avenger and the Guardians and Sinestro to look at like, to look like. And here's a story with them in it. You know, it's. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Plus, in the bigger picture of uh, of uh, how comics usually change their visuals to adapt to a movie look i think this is the perfect place to put it if you're gonna put it anywhere because frankly like i while i don't have any problem with the movie costume i don't want to see it overwrite the actual costumes used by everybody in the books so you know you give us an alternate version of the world yeah why not stick it in there who cares
0: I don't know, timing-wise, I, I, don't, I don't dig it.
1: As the artist uh, of our little group, I don't know if Dan can explain what I'm talking about better, but I like, I like how um, one of my major complaints with the last issue of the Green Lantern Corps, as far as art goes, was that whole whoever did the whole art scene with uh, Kyle in the lunchroom. Mm. I just really don't like that painted style, and part of the reason I don't like it is because the colors kind of bleed together, and in a cosmic story, where there's especially where there's so much color, you really want the color to pop and not bleed together. And in here, the the is um the pencil lines kind of uh, are smoother, but the color is still contained and bright. If that makes any sense.
2: No, I agree. Like the coloring in this issue is in this issue at least is really good. You know, especially that. That page where Abin rips the head off a Manhunter in the beginning. Or, like, Mm. the the way they contrast the yellows with the reds, and you have his green behind it, and you've got, like, the the shadowy, like, cooler colors. It It works together really nicely. And I was trying to figure out, like, there's some pages where it looks like they just colored directly on the pencils, but other pages where it looks like there's definitely inks. So I'm not sure, I maybe it did vary from page to page, but I'm not sure if they just, if they colored digitally over really, really a uh, thick pencil line or not, but whatever they did here, like it, they, you know, you said, well, like they they contained everything, they sectioned off everything just enough so that it would still, it wouldn't look like a big smear of weirdness. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that was J.H. Williams Jr.,
1: yeah. On the on the Green Lantern chorus, sure. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, he drew that um
2: the JSA All Stars and uh Robin is, for a while. That was Freddie Williams, I'm sorry.
1: Is J. H. Williams the one that because there's one issue of Green Lantern I will always hate and in, for the art alone, and that is the one where um a Hector and Black Hand get kidnapped by those little gremlins or whatever.
2: That was
1: Because I hated that style too.
2: I think and especially
1: that's... when you read that in trade form, it just kinda of popped up out of nowhere. Yeah, it was just two random issues
2: like I that. I don't that think was... that was him. No, that was um Simone Bianchi, I think it was. Was that? <laughs> I think so. He's he's the guy who's been who was doing um Asashi X Men or Wolverine or something for a while, like a year ago now or something. But I think that was him. I'm going I mean, off a of memory here. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm and
1: I'm going off on a tangent. Sorry.
2: Oh, that's alright.
1: I just don't like that painted style, or whatever you describe it as.
2: Now, what do you what do you guys think of a uh, of a uh, Sinestro in here? Like, do you think they did they uh did a good job with the Mark Strong likeness. Do you think the likeness ruined it? Do you like how it all fit together?
1: Um, as far as Sinestro goes, and I like how the, By the way, thanks for the general question. Yeah. <laughs> so, so,
2: so how do you feel about Sinestro, everybody?
1: Because <laughs> he kind of acts the same throughout the... Well, kind of acts the same throughout all three issues, but... I like how as far as all the... Ca- if you throw every single character we meet in the Flashpoint universe together, Sinestro is the one that acts pretty much consistent to the way he is in our universe. He's just in a different situation. Yeah. You know, and, and he's... And being in a different su- situation, we see how he would react in a different situation. And, uh, you know, later on we'll see him kind of go howl for a little bit or, you know, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Um, But... Um, I like how his attitude and everything is is consistent with what I know. It's just it's really is just a window into another world, a uh, kind of uh, at least for Abin's, the Evanser story, a what if scenario. Now it falls apart later on, I think. But you know, <laughs> it for for like like you were saying, for it started off strong. Yeah, I remember that much. I remember liking that issue and wanting to get the se- wanting to get the second, you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think as far as the visuals go, like at least in issue one, because I'm looking through issue one right now, uh, there's pages and pa- there's panels where it, you can tell they're trying to draw kind of a Mark Strong looking. That's the actor, right? I'm not saying I'm the wrong guy. I? Yeah, no, that's yeah. right. That's right. Awesome. But like where he looks like Mark Strong, but then like panels where he looks more like classic Sinestro face. And like the way they do it, like it's not a jarring change, you know? It, it still looks right, you know.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like the. Uh, I I didn't have a problem with with the Mark Strong likeness because, I mean, Obin the uh, not Obin's uh, uh Sinestro, originally kind of looked like him, so, it's not yeah. that big of a, a jump.
1: Yeah, and besides which, you know, we've all read the story, uh, you know, from news of the movie how they wanted to change something about. Sinestro's look and Mark Strong himself was the one who said, no, keep it true to the character.
3: Yeah.
1: So, him...
2: Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I remember, like, the early concept art for Sinestro, he had, like, a mullet or something. (laughs) It was awful. Uh,
0: And, uh, Dan, you were right, it was Simone Bianchi.
2: Nice! I win! (laughs) Should we, uh, move on to Hal Jordan, number one? Uh, Please. Yeah.
0: You want to take all of them together?
2: Alright. Do you want me to just, like, give a rundown of all three Hal Jordan issues? Yeah.
1: Yeah, go, go for it.
2: Alright. Okay, so, Hal Jordan. And we should say, like, this entire thing, all six issues, are all written by Adam Schlegman. Yes. So, um. They fit together we say, well. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. Um, and, uh, Abin Sir is drawn by, uh, what's his name? Philippe Massaferra. That's probably not how that's pronounced. And uh, Ben Oliver drew Hal Jordan. Well, and until Cliff Richards did. <laughs> so, so Hal Jordan, all of it. I'm just gonna go one issue at a time here. Um, it's basically, you know, it's it's it flashes back to Hal's. Kind of in a in a movie reminiscence scene, it gives us how uh, Jordan's childhood of you know seeing his his relationship with his father, and he's seeing his father die in the crash, and how that traumatizes him, and basically sends him on the path he would follow for the rest of his life. As you know, tr- he's he basically becomes like his father to a fault, where he has to be in the air, he has to. <clears throat> To confront what happened head-on and he has to relive it physically as he you know the Hal Jordan we know and love from the regular timeline would always crash his planes though not on purpose although this Hal Jordan guy kind of questioned if he does it on purpose sometimes <clears throat> um, then a giant shark tries to eat Carol in the air, which is kind of odd, but, you know, that's... These, these <laughs> things happen. These things happen. Um, <laughs> and then right around here it intersects with uh, how finding Abin-Sir is he's uh, shot out of the air by a mysterious and never, ever explained purple energy beam fired from the ground. <laughs> which, you know, why would you look into that?
0: You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, no reason. No well, that that was actually uh, I think a, a stray shot from uh, one of the invisible airplanes.
2: Yeah, hopefully, like I I'll have to look later because I didn't pay attention to what color ammo they fired. But um, you know, by the time we get to number two, you know, Hal, you know, Abin's okay. Hal helped him out, and you know, the two forge a sort of alliance. But more, they're just kind of cool with each other. Um, I think Hal, you know, Hal works for Ferris still, and in the world of Flashpoint, Ferris is one of the uh, last lines of defense against the uh, Amazon-Atlantean war, which is a pretty big step up in the world for a little struggling aviation company. But uh, They get to keep Abin's ship, and they're going to kind of retrofit it into uh, something to help out their own fighters. Uh, and doing that, you got the... Uh, the nice, the nice sitcom esque duo of Tom Kalamahu and Hector Hammond, with with a comedic, comedically normal sized head, unfortunately. Um, so while those guys are tinkering on the ground, Hal and Carol are in the air getting swarmed by, by was well, this kind of cool, a fleet an air force of. Invisible Jets from the Amazon's army. <coughs> um,
0: Shooting pink rays.
2: Yeah, they do shoot pink rays, you were right. And, you know, just when just when you think everything's gonna be fine, one of those invisible jets drops a box that seems to have a gigantic dinosaur in it, <laughs> which, is, which is bad for everybody, because apparently it eats cities, because it's eating Coast City, and just... <laughs> there's no other way to explain that. It's just eating Coast City. Yep. So, Hal being Hal, you know, he, he beats the monster by flying headfirst into it and not dying. And the media shows up, and now the whole country looks at Hal Jordan as a hero, which, you know, at first seems like a stupid little tangent, but it becomes important in number three when... when.
0: <laughs> but it's still a stupid tra- tangent.
2: Yeah, well, it's a stupid tangent because... Well, it's, it's, it's a really... We'll get there. But uh, because... <laughs> of this. You know, okay. The the war between Atlantis and the Amazons is reaching a breaking point where they're going to kill the world basically. And the president who in this in the World of Flashpoint is Obama. So I don't think DC usually confirms who the the political leaders are in their books. So it's kind of weird that they put they blatantly put Barack Obama in this. Yeah. Um he basically says, "All right, we can't count on the metahumans to get together and bail us out here, because this is a world without Justice League, so everybody's kind of ragtag loners that don't work well together, or whatever. So, <clears throat> the president greenlights a plan to drop, drop the bomb and nuke Paradise Island, which is in England, I believe. New Paradise Island, because Atlantis sunk the old one, because they're jerks here, and they. He uh, taps Hal Jordan to fly the plane that drops the bomb because, you know, the world and the country need a homegrown hero, which, okay, that makes sense. <clears throat> um, but when the when the planes get to Paradise Island, there's all these Amazons, all these invisible jets, Giganta's there swatting planes out of the sky, uh, King Kong style, there's an invisible... Force field around the island, protecting it from missile fire. Of course. So, because you know, why wouldn't why wouldn't there be? Yeah. Why wouldn't there be? So, you know, Hal and Carol, who are both flying together, you
3: know,
2: not together, they're in their own planes, but you know, uh, they they both go in for the kill. Hal Hal's like, okay, we're both going to eject on three, right? Ready? Okay, three, eject. Just kidding, and flies into the force field. <laughs> Carol's fine. Hal blew the hell up and you know flash forward to later okay flash forward to later um tom shows up and gives carol a box of Hal's belongings and in it is this little journal that he wrote in basically writing a note to carol and she finds the ring he was going to propose
1: with so Hal jordan's dead you know, the only thing I like about this entire three issues mm-hmm. is this is basically Green Lantern's secret origin, but in the Flashpoint universe. Mm. Uh,
0: I'll tell you what I... The one thing that I actually liked about this was the the journal that Carol is reading in the end, that's the narration that Hal has been doing the entire miniseries.
1: yeah. Well, not to mention, but that, that's that's another point. Remember in Secret Origin, that was Hal's inner monologue, kind of. Yeah, or the, yeah. The little text box was little notes like that. Yep. Yeah, and end up being yeah. the journal that he uh, gave to his brother, I think. mm
3: mm-hmm. Mhm.
2: Yeah. You know, this was this one was kind of frustrating, and this was <laughs> <laughs> frustrating. Because like, because I think it, like, kind of like Adam's story, I think the first issue started out kind of okay, because I, like. Actually, very much like Adam's it started out giving us some some cool moments that just didn't pay off. Because, like, I really wanted to see more of the, I guess, the downward spiral of Hal Jordan. Because, like, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but when this miniseries hadn't come out yet, and we were still thinking about, like, well, where would Hal Jordan be if he never got the ring? My go-to answer was, well, he would probably be dead. He wouldn't be doing another job, he would be dead by now. Because like, look how many times he he almost crashed and died before. Well, what if that was all he had to do day in and day out? He would be dead. So I don't necessarily disagree with where this ended up, but it just didn't get there in an interesting character way.
0: Okay. Um, Now, (laughs) the first issue the Ben Oliver art hmm um, I thought the art itself well first off it was incredibly photo um, well, what do they call that
2: photo um, reference
0: yeah very photo referenced um, yes like you can you could just see like these are people that he knows um, yeah. and that I, I think if you do that too much I mean, like, realistically, like, a couple of these pictures of this kid could have just actually been photos that he ran through filters yeah. to turn it, to make it look more like cartoons. Yeah. Um, and that, you know that takes me out of it.
2: You know what's interesting, though? What? Considering the Green Lantern side of this, they, like, Ben Oliver, at least, did not go to any lengths to try and do likenesses of, uh, Ryan Reynolds or Blake Lively.
0: No. No, Ben Oliver definitely didn't do that. Um, I think awesome. in the in the the other guy... Um, well, I'll get that in a sec. But, yeah. like, aside from the art, which... I mean, aside from the photo reference part, it didn't look bad. Although... Page,
2: page one is awesome. Oh, issue one, sorry.
0: Um, well, yeah, I... It definitely had some some nice nice looking moments, but the storytelling aspect, I I think is highly suspect. Because I mean, the 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 scene where um, Hal's father dies, he throws the jacket on the floor. Carol like puts the jacket on him. He pushes her away, and then the jacket is on the floor again somehow. Yeah, like I, it doesn't make any sense that whole scene. I think,
1: I think it's because he shrugged it off.
2: Yeah, like he was holding it and then dropped it, and then she put it on. She picked up, put it back on him. He pushed her away and kind of like ripped it off and like fell to the ground.
0: It, I, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's very confusing. Um, <clears throat> you know, you have the shark thing. Okay, you know, I mean. I can buy um, the whole, you know, them being, like, working in, as a line of defense for the military. Um, I like the touch with the shark. You know, that, that was kind of cool. I didn't.
1: Huh? I didn't. You didn't? I never liked the shark. Oh. No. <laughs> I mean, it's... And plus the fact that he comes in out of the sky. Yeah, why was he in... Or did he... No, well, he, he jumped didn't out go. of
0: the water. Ah. <sighs> Because they were patrolling the water against Atlantis. I guess.
1: <laughs> Still, I just. I. It probably has to do with the fact that, I've. Well, at least right now, what happens to Shark in the New Fifty Two? And I won't say what issue, what series, what happens. I just don't like it. So, I, and I never really liked the character to begin with, and now where he's going, I'm even more upset. Awesome. <laughs> so there's that. And there's
0: something to look forward to.
1: Um, look for look for the shark, y'all. <laughs>
0: um, but okay, other issues that I have, um, the purple beam that <laughs> shoots into the sky and takes down Abin ship, like, okay, we know that since it's purple, it probably belongs to the you know the Amazons, but they never explain. Like, they never explain why it happens, they never explain who did it, and they, Mm -hmm. like, there's no other invisible planes around, like, to even show, like, oh, well, yeah, it was, these invisible planes were going after Hal's ship, uh, and a stray beam took out the other ship. Because they don't continue to go after Hal when he lands to, you know supposedly save abin sir's life he you know he lands he sees abin sir it's like help me save the universe and the next issue is wow thanks for helping me save you know save me it's <laughs> it's like okay well what happened did you get him out or <laughs> but yeah. then in the second issue with uh, cliff richards um i mean aside from the fact that hal's father in this image like the first page does look like ryan reynolds yeah.
2: Yeah. Is that his father?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, it is. Um, <clears throat> no, yeah, Cliff... It, it, what? Oh, go ahead. No,
0: go, go. Go, no,
2: please. I was, gonna, I was gonna say, throughout these two issues, there's there are panels where you can tell Cliff Richards kind of wants to do Ryan Reynolds like this is, but <laughs> doesn't. Like, you can tell, like, that's kind of what he's supposed to be doing, but he doesn't follow through with it. Um, which which is not the thing I like least about his work in this. But.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Now storytelling. Um, yes. They drop a box, which it it doesn't even look like. It barely looks like the plane is actually dropping the box, but it looks like it's a tiny <laughs> little box. And the next page, it's like a three headed dragon that's the size of a city. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. It's just, like, one page, it's a box. The next page, it's a dragon.
2: So you're saying there's a box that's bigger on the inside?
0: (laughs) Shut up. No, what I'm (laughs) saying is, like...
1: (laughs) They they tardis it. it.
0: Yes. Well, I wouldn't have a problem with them TARDISing it if they showed it opening so that this thing was coming out. It's like for all we know, it could have been food for the dragon that was already there destroying everything.
2: It's great. You turn the page, you see that two-page spread and of the dragon that's just there all of a sudden, and one of the howler cattle in the plane just say, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> that's kind of... <laughs> like, they have the same problems we did. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And then then they, they take this thing out in basically, like, you know, three seconds. How's like, oh, yep. Yeah. Hi, it's too too tough. We'll have to uh, shoot missiles into its mouth. Um, You know, and kills it real quick. And then it's like, you know, we need Hal Jordan. You know, he became the hero for the Battle of Coast City. The Battle of Coast City, they dropped a magic box that transformed magically into a dragon and he killed it three seconds (laughs) later. How is that the battle for Coast City?
2: Hey, let's Let's be real here. If that thing showed up in New York or something, in the real world, and it was only there for three minutes, and then it was gone and everything was cool, that would be... The people would talk that up. That would be the, the biggest thing ever to happen, ever.
0: Uh I don't know about that. Up, to, Well, they would... Okay, they wouldn't call it the battle for New York, though.
2: They'd yes, call they call
0: it... Would. You remember that time... Those assholes dropped a dragon on us.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. And now, the, this this actually brings me to like the big problem I have with um, with Cliff Richard's art, and that is that he he does not do kinetic action scenes. Correct. I yeah.
0: absolutely.
2: Yeah. Like, and I'm fine with like planes flying around shooting stuff. That is. A okay by me and I I'm even I'm even good with like the minimalistic approach he takes to the jets sometimes. But like half the time it doesn't look like they're moving or it looks like they're moving at weird angles or they're just like hovering or bobbing in the air or, or something, and like the way like the panel layouts just it's just not conducive to action. Like it's it's and it's 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 over in like it's over before it even starts, almost. Right. And then it's just over. It's like, oh, that was an action scene? Oh, and the issue's over? What? Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I couldn't agree more.
2: And it happens again in the third issue yeah. with uh, with the Amazons. I think it's actually worse there. Oh,
0: God, the third issue is absolutely the worst. The, the likenesses of Hal and Carol. I mean, like, one of the worst things with this guy, what, what, what's his name? Cliff.
2: <laughs> Cliff, Cliff, Rich, uh... Cliff Richards. Cliff Richards. Yeah, Cliff Richards.
0: Yeah, like the people don't look the same from panel to panel.
2: Like, look in number two, uh the the third to last page, where it's Hal and Carol, like right next to the Obama page. Look at Hal in panel two and panel like for five of that same page. It's like two different guys.
0: Yeah, it's it's really it's bad. It's it's just bad.
2: Um, And it looks like Barack Obama's head is floating above a suit.
0: (laughs) God. Um, Now, I mean, you know, God. Just Yeah, well, okay, continuing on. um, (laughs) Yeah, like the whole, like, okay, you have Giganta, who, I'm not really even (laughs) sure how she's standing at the angle that she's standing.
1: (laughs) That was my complaint, too. Yeah. I was like, is she supposed to be mid leap? Um, are some oh, yeah. of those dots near her feet supposed to be her Amazonian sisters? Because it looks like she could be <laughs> stepping on them. You know, I just—you know—I just realized, huh. force field.
2: There's uh-huh. a there's an invisible dome over the island, and she's standing on top of it.
0: I don't think so. No, she's standing on the rock, and she's standing on the grass. You can see the shadow coming from her feet.
2: All right, then where the hell is the force field? Because that's why Hal has to
0: crash. <laughs> and not to mention, after they shoot her in the eyes, <clears throat> she goes crashing into buildings.
3: Uh.
0: So the force field, I guess just went up after she crashed into the buildings?
2: No, nah, because it was there before she even showed up. Was it? Yeah, the page mm-hmm. before.
0: Okay, so it's... I, I guess... If
2: they lowered it so she could grow and swat at them, and then when she failed, they put it back up. I don't know. Okay. I... Sure, that, that happened. That has to so, be it.
1: Was the Green Arrow bomb a nuke? It was... Yes.
0: A super nuke that never misses.
1: And, and apparently uh, radiation doesn't affect, so let's say, a female pilot uh, ejecting right next to the explosion.
0: Maybe, no. it's, maybe it's a hydrogen bomb. <laughs> yeah. I don't
2: know. I don't know. This was, I did kind of chuckle at this as a, as a nice concept for a Green Lantern, Green Arrow team-up. <laughs>
0: That, that was that was a nice touch. I, I, I will give them that.
2: It's like, what was your favorite Hard Traveling Heroes era issue? Oh, I like the one where Hal and Ollie teamed up to nuke England. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh,
2: man. <laughs> yeah, so...
0: Hal dies, <laughs> and that's it.
2: Yeah, well, that's not it. it. Like, what did, what did you... Okay, what did you think of the end sequence with her getting the... The box of stuff and the node and the ring. That you know,
0: if the art wasn't so um I oh god. <laughs> the art's so fucking bad. I think it got
2: I think it was it's better inconsistent. in the, I think it was better in the last three pages, though. Really? I mean, other than the fact that Tom looks like he's his head is a circle, and <laughs> in some in some panels, Carol kind of has a mustache. But other than that,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, it's this is photo referenced. It's strongly photo referenced. And then you I have guess. that that teardrop, which, like, I guess I guess the radiation did have some effect because she has like you know neon blue glowing eye drops. She has
2: the same teardrop in the same spot for like two pages so it's like just it's there it's <laughs> just <hang> it's, there <laughs> it's the like a
1: gelatinous blob with a life of its own
2: <laughs> it's like what it's like when you got a thing out of your
0: nose but except it's coming out of her eye oh yeah she hasn't
1: cleaned the sleep out of her eye in a really long time and she
0: doesn't get eye drops she just gets one continuous stream that freezes there
2: she just cries jelly of some kind <laughs> Um, actually, speaking of her eyes in that first page of this, uh, of the, uh, where she gets the box from Tom, I do like the coloring touch where, like, she's been crying a lot, so her eyes are, like, there's, like, a, a pinkish highlight to the bottom of them. Yeah.
1: You know what I think is funny? What? I like the romantic relationship between Hal and Carol when Hal's dead. <laughs> <laughs> do <my> name, I... <laughs> yeah, that was, that was nice.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I will I will say that
0: the end of this was uh it was, it was somewhat moving.
2: Yeah. Now let me ask you guys this, because I already said what I think, but like disregarding everything we've read of Flashpoint, where do you think Haljorn would be today if he never got the ring?
0: Disregarding the Flashpoint?
2: Yeah, like, just, just take the concept without this. Like, let's let's just say, like, what, Adam lived, died, whatever. Hal never got a ring. What would he be doing? Where would he have gone? <clears throat> would he continue to be a... Would he have gone to the Air Force? Would he have been a test pilot? Would he have...
1: I don't know about for sure would have, but I think it'd be really interesting to see him working with Waller's division in some capacity.
0: You know, I honestly think that his, you know, his, you know, fearlessness, if you will, um, and I said that with Air Bunnies. Yay! Uh, his fearlessness would get him noticed by someone, and he would be chosen for some kind of, like, project to be given powers to become a superhero.
3: Hmm.
0: Um. No, I mean that that's my opinion because like he he got his ring like at the you know basically the dawn of superheroing you know for his time, so I think if superheroes started popping up and he he, he didn't have a ring, you know like he would still be just as brave you know as he is with the <laughs> ring um,
1: like in red sun when Lex picks him
0: exactly exactly. Exactly like that. Yeah. Although, if you look at Guy Gardner,
2: who basically lived the question that we're asking, you know, he, sure, he came into it later, but he had a few years there where he was like, like a lawyer and a gym teacher. So, like.
0: Well, he had brain damage that, you know, kind of changed some of that.
2: Oh, blah, blah.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. If if Al had brain damage, I don't know, maybe he he'd be sitting on his couch eating pudding today.
2: Oh, that's so cool.
1: <laughs> we'll have a twelve issue series. <laughs> I
0: would read it. <laughs>
2: today
0: I'm having tapioca. <laughs> uh, okay.
2: Uh, all right. Yeah, so someone else do Chad, I'm in sir number two. <laughs>
1: I've been, sir, the Green Lantern, number two. Um, well, first off, you have the cover, which is impossible, because the suit is made out of green energy, and somehow his suit is ripped and in pieces. Yeah. Um
2: It does kind of look like a shell that cracked, though. Kind of <laughs> like, like that.
1: <coughs> and yet, his, uh, the piece in his hands is floppy. Um, but anyways. <laughs> um... We open up with on Ungara with, uh, many years ago with uh, Abin training th- uh, Thal Sinestro, much in the same way uh, Sinestro and Hal fought on Oa in the Green Lantern movie. Um, and then uh, we see, after they're through with their training session, Arin, which is uh, Abin's sister, comes up offering uh, them her fruits. <laughs> <laughs> Did she now? Whoa! <laughs> Missed that part of the comic, didn't you? God. I,
2: li- I like the thing she just walked up to them and said, "Here, wish on the Dragon Balls." <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh. Yeah. And then flash forward to uh, flashpoint. Flash forward. Anyways, uh. um, <laughs> flash forward to Avin thinking he's gonna die. Um and then uh cyborg shows up with a half a battalion of troops uh possesses the body of aben uh then aben wakes up uh after being healed busts out of his little containment has a nice little conversation with uh cyborg they introduce aben to the world as the, a new hero kind of um Avan agrees to help out Earth, um, although he seems, I don't know, he seems half into it and half, like, one foot in, one foot out. Like, he he realizes he has a duty uh, and a mission already on Earth, but, you know, sees the merit in sticking with his team and Cyborg and trying to help the immediate uh, problem going on. Uh, the Guardians pop up with their crazy-ass looking faces and clear dome looking heads like from the movie um and he's being reprimanded and they're telling him to get back on his mission and all this other junk uh when all of a sudden uh Thal uh, Thal I'll just call him Thal uh Sinestro shows up out of nowhere and says um that he's heard of a prophecy from Atrocitus where of something called the Flashpoint not Blackest Night Um, in which, um, one in which Ungar still exists, and Avan's first question is, is his sister still alive? Um, and then he, in very, very Hal Jordan fashion, says, um, you know, you're not alive either. So Atrocitus told me, as long as you're alive, I will fail. But Mm -hmm. Sinestro says, I can fix it all. And then he goes to, um, um, fight with, uh, Avan, gets his, the upper hand, and channels Black Manta for a minute, and cuts off, uh, <laughs> <laughs> cuts off, uh, Avin's hand.
3: Uh.
2: Now, here's where this went off the rails for me. Alright, 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 this entire issue, okay, I, it, I kind of like how it started. Like, like we talked about coloring before. I think, like, the first... Like, page one and page four, which was, like, the beginning and end of the flashback, were both, like, really well done, well drawn, really great use of coloring. The rest of the issue, it felt like... Like, this is where... And this is true of issue three as well. But it felt like I was reading the... Really, abridged version of something else that was covered in more detail in another book, except it wasn't. It's like it just sped along really quickly, jumping from scene to scene, and there was, like, like I mean, like look, look at the part where like Cyborg shows up and tries to recruit him. Like he Abin busts out of his tank because he's freaked out because he's in a tank. Cyborg shoots him in the face, has a little Will Smith moment from. Independence Day, where he just says, "My name is Cyborg. Welcome to Earth. Join me," and then that scene's oh. over, and then they just move right along. It's like, wh- what? What's happening here?
1: Oh. You kn- uh, what I like about the colors, and uh, you know, I keep coming back to the art on this because it's only one of the, really one of the only things that saved it for me. Um. In, in some respect, which would make this whole series for me on the CGS scale a, a borrow rather than a buy um, was the fact that the colors are um, muted or dull, whatever the word is, but they still maintain their, their crispness and brightness, if that makes any sense well,
0: this, this issue has three artists
1: yeah that,
0: that's not good
1: is it three? I
0: know it's two. Yeah, I definitely it's know it's three. It's, it's uh, <laughs> Robson Rocha, uh, Roca Rocha, uh, Philippe Massafera, and Joe Prado.
1: I can tell where Joe Prado comes in on this one, too. Which is the guy that drew the page where Sinestro shows up? Prado. It has I, to be. I hate that. <laughs> It's the only. It's the only style I recognize out of all of this. <laughs> uh, that's that's Prado, isn't it, Jim? Um, the last part where Sinestro and uh, Abin are
0: fighting. You know something? Um. Oh wait. Are we talking about the last issue two? I oh I know yeah. I know that. I'm um. You know I'm not entirely sure because.
2: I think it jumps page to page once once Sinestro
1: shows up.
0: And in some cases, panel to panel.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, that's definitely true. But the panel specifically where Sinestro shows up, <sighs> where he asks uh, Sinestro if the Guardians has sent him to take his ring, that's Prada.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I I think that's an interesting page, but mainly because of, like, the colors.
2: Yeah. And at least he put in that CGI swirly thing that always helps everything. Yeah,
0: the one that you love so much.
2: <laughs> oh so much. I wish I could get just that on a shirt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know it.
1: You can. Actually you can get the Green Lantern symbol with that around it. Oh but that's 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 for a Larflee's report to come.
0: I uh I love the effect of the reflection of the glow fruit in Sinestro's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great touch. Okay. I like how oh. I
2: like how they uh, gave Sinestro swords.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: Which is kind of like it kind of gives new context to him, like kind of chuckling at Hal in the movie when he pulls out a sword.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was good. Um, I like how uh, Abin Sir is greeted by Marty McFly. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, the art in that shot, the title page shot, is actually really good, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so here's my issue. issue? In Hal Jordan...
2: <laughs> yes.
0: It's like, you know, Hal Jordan, you know, it's like, you must say, help me save the universe. And then the very next, you know, <laughs> issue, like the very next thing you see, it's Abin Sir saying to Hal Jordan, it's like, thank you for saving my life. Now... In this, <laughs> Hal Jordan lands. It's like, oh, oh, hey, you know, it's like you gotta get you some help. And then Cyborg's like, oh, don't worry, we'll take it from here. So in actuality, Hal Jordan didn't do jack squat.
2: Moreover, like they, like there was a pa- a panel, like a two page spread in Avenger number, two, uh, Hal Jordan number two, where like. Abin's flying with his ring and Hal's flying with his jet. I think away from the crash site, they're saying, like, hey, you know, thanks for everything. (laughs) Which couldn't have happened, because that's not how they left this crash site. Right.
0: (laughs) Well, that, no, that would have been them meeting up again after the press conference in this this issue.
2: Is it? All right. So...
0: Uh, I guess after... Oh
2: yeah, Hal's there too, yeah.
0: Yeah, after <laughs> the print. Oh my god, yeah, this is... Uh,
2: well, I mean, to be fair, it is hard when two writers have to coordinate
1: the oh, yeah. <laughs> is, um... Is Hal still worthy of the ring in Flashpoint? Even though Abin didn't die? I mean, because it kind of looks like he went through the same life he had in the universe we're used to, but still.
0: I... Yes, he would still be worthy of the ring. Um,
2: yeah, maybe, maybe not.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, I. I that's lived, what, like that to, was... to the moment that he died, he was living <laughs> fearless, and he was, you know, doing everything honest. Um, and you can see that he had tremendous willpower because, you know, no matter what, he was always going to get the job done.
2: He was also kind of had a death wish. (laughs) Like, I think like the extra decade or so of Hal just living under the pressure of his father's death and letting that define his life. Like, that would be a significant factor in this. Not necessarily a positive one. Uh, which which I wish to God the, you know they had three issues to play with that, but
1: no we're gonna
2: have planes flying to dragons or something yeah,
0: yeah yeah uh there's an issue uh, an, an issue uh, there's a panel where Sinestro opens his eyes again after telling uh Abin that his sister is not alive in this alternate you know timeline and if you look at his eyes really closely it kind of looks like... It's the Sinestro core symbol in there.
2: Eh, no, it doesn't. Oh, it does. Oh, it does. Now, can and Actually, I should have brought this up in the end of uh, number one, but the instant they said there's the the prophecy of the Flashpoint, I rolled my eyes, and I was kind of like, oh, Jesus, here we go. (laughs) It's like, that was, like... Like... All right, you want there to be some kind of prophecy thing that pertains to this world because that's kind of what Atrocitus does. That's fine, okay. The fact that they know so much in detail that only the Flash and the reader knows, and they even know to call it Flashpoint like that—it it was it was too much. They went too far with that. I think that was just that just became so lame.
0: Well, uh,
1: not to, sorry, but not to mention the panel right before that, Abin's reaction to the word prophecy.
0: <laughs> Where is that? <it> here? <laughs> well, I mean, he gets mad prophecy. He <laughs> gets mad
3: and craps himself
2: <laughs> in yeah, the air. he
0: was in the middle of taking a dump.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Oh man!
2: <laughs> oh, and it's worth noting, I guess, that Sinestro blew up Atrocitus's head.
0: <laughs> I guess. Wait. Oh shit!
2: Right, right after the poop panel.
1: <laughs> right after he shits himself. <laughs> well,
0: wow. well, that's. I guess one way that, to go about it.
2: That's a, that's significant. There you go. <laughs> man. It, like I, it's just so like it's like cause the now Abin and Sinestro are essentially fighting over whether or not Sinestro is going to do bad things to the Flash. They, they even say stuff like like I will use the Flash's power. No, you will not harm him. Maybe that's in number three. I forget.
0: <laughs> well, um, it, I the, the the thing that I thought was was interesting about this is uh, Sinestro is basically right now he's the exact same way that Hal was when he was infected by Parallax.
2: Yeah.
1: That's what I said.
0: Yeah, he did.
2: Way to steal Chad's thunder there, Jim. Jesus. Wait, when did you say that?
1: <laughs> I said it in the recap.
0: Yeah, earlier. I guess I should probably pay attention when you do the recap.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Here it's I Here I thought I was
1: getting better at it. I did those two issues a couple of episodes ago, and you were like, wow, that was a really good recap.
0: No, it wasn't, this actually was a good recap. I was definitely listening in the beginning. I guess in, I must in have the been out at yeah. some point.
2: That was a great <laughs> I mean, recap, and so it started to suck, and then I hated it. Well,
0: then his eyes showing the parallax symbol actually you know, makes a yeah. – there's actually a reason for it. Yeah,
2: if that was the parallax symbol, which it's not. It's light and shit. Uh,
0: it looks, it's yellow and it's got circles. And little lines. So
2: everybody's eyes have circles ah, it's and little close lines. enough. It's Sinestro. His eyes are yellow a lot. That's that's all there is. It's
0: the parallax entity.
2: Oh, no, yeah. Parallax entity, yeah. Ooh. Listen, hey,
0: wait, you know what?
2: <laughs> yeah, huh, huh.
0: There ain't a whole lot you can take from these these issues. So give yeah. me this. Give me the power that, of all people, Sinestro (laughs) would be taken over by Parallax.
2: Well, he can't, because Parallax is a giant cloud that Abbasir pooped out.
0: Not in this universe.
2: Oh, this is so the movie universe, don't you even? Uh. (laughs) You know, that's actually something I wish they did. Like, I really wish they went the distance and just said, like, oh yeah, by the way, Flashpoint, yeah, that's the movie universe. Just straight up, the movie would happen in this universe <laughs> but they didn't do that oh, but in my mind they did god. and hey Evan lost his hand he pulled a boudica and lost his hand did not see that coming
0: number three
2: sure you do it oh god <laughs> i did all three hal jordans damn it
0: Familiarize myself.
2: Oh God. Oh God. Oh wait, no, I'm I got the wrong. You one. Probably read this for the first time two hours ago. You should be.
0: Good. No, no, no. I, I read everything much earlier tonight. Okay. Shall,
1: shall shall we um, all recap the very last page together when we get to it? Oh God. Uh, yeah.
0: Ah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh my God. Can't wait
2: can't
0: wait. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so... Uh, the issue... The last issue ends with... Abin's hand getting cut off. <laughs> God. Um This one... It has... Abin... Getting his... Ha- getting the ring off the hand... And then... Using the energy of the ring to create... An energy hand... With which to operate the ring. Um, and then defeats Sinestro. Um, and destroys his ring. And the Guardians, you know, they sent Abin on a really important mission. To get the white entity out of the earth before they destroy themselves. And Abin still hasn't done <laughs> that. So they're they're pretty PO'd. Uh, and they're like, that's it. You know what? Your ring, you're cut off. And, uh... You know, whatever energy he has in the ring, that's that's basically it. Um, Uh,
2: It's it's not even, it's like, that's it, you're cut off, eventually.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're cut off, but whatever you have in the ring right now, you can still use. However, um, apparently, like, his ring sprung a leak or something, because it's, like, (laughs) leaking energy, like, no ring has, like, basically, he's, like, moving planets right now. That's the amount (laughs) of energy he's using. But, I digress. Um, so, okay, so, they took away the, uh, the the ring energy, so, okay, what is he gonna do? Um, he heads straight for the whole war that's going on, and decides to use the last of his energy to help, uh, Cyborg and, uh, uh, America. The the
2: Resistance.
0: Basically, America. (laughs)
2: Um...
0: Yeah, so that's about, like, 30 seconds, and then <laughs> the ring is completely out of juice. Well, um, with his last, like, percent or two, he flies into the Earth to try and uh, hold back the the earthquake being caused by the Atlanteans. I don't even know if they go into it in this book, but that's what's causing it. Um, they're using to Geo... GeoForce. GeoForce as a... <laughs> A weapon. So Abinsir flies into the Earth uh, to try and stop the, you know, destruction of the planet. Um, his ring goes dead; it flies off his hand, and uh, I guess goes to seek a, a replacement in uh, Sector Two Eight One Four. So you would think that Oben is dead. Um, that's what Oben. And
1: you'd be wrong. <laughs>
0: Or, well, he could have died. Yeah, well, whatever. Uh, he meets his sister, his dead sister, all dressed like, in okay. white.
3: Like, uh, okay! Um,
0: says, uh, well, you know what, you know, you are such a good protector of life, now life is going to embrace you, and, uh, the white life entity enters Abin Sir to make him a white lantern, and, uh...
1: For no apparent reason. And just,
0: yeah. So then the issue ends with him as the White Lantern above the earth.
1: Yeah. Now
2: I've checked. Me too. This gets picked up nowhere. Correct. Not in not in the end of Flashpoint, not in any other Flashpoint miniseries. Nothing. It just like I don't I don't know. It just ends. <laughs> and Maybe they're trying to go for like, okay, there's a ray of hope after all," or maybe trying to give a little half-hearted conclusion to Abenzer's character arc, but it seems like a moot point, considering one of actually one of the strengths of the flashpoint Time books kind of across the board is that everybody knew that it wasn't going to matter in a few months, so the writers could kind of do whatever they want and get away with it. <laughs> Except here, where they really didn't. This is this is the big problem with these two books, is that they had they had so much potential. Like these concepts, I was excited to read these. Like, what would Hal Jordan be doing with his life if he never became a Green Lantern? What would Abinster's life have been like up to now if he never died? Like, what else? What was he like as a person? Like, what would he have done? Everything, everything. Yeah. There was. They had unlimited potential to do whatever. Especially I mean the Flashpoint, say what you will about Flashpoint, it was a blank check to do whatever the hell you wanted with these guys. And what did they do? I don't even know what they did. They didn't do anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this was this was it was a non ending. Now yeah, I, I mean. No, go ahead. Okay. My my thought is like, if they had another two pages, if they had another two pages with which to use, like, and realistically, this this final page is completely useless. It's just, you know, and there he was, you know, and that's it. The end. <laughs> so even if you got rid of that and just added one more page, like, you know what he would have done? What? He would have brought Hal Jordan back to life.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe.
0: That's what he would have done. I, you know, it's like the one person that he apparently has some kind of connection to on this entire planet. And now he's got, um, you know, uh, a connection to the power of life.
3: Yeah.
0: I think the first thing that he would have done was, you know, check and see on Hal Jordan, see how he's doing. Find out that he's dead and brought him back to life.
2: I don't think that's the first thing he would. Because do you see the planet below him right now? Like the big, like the big climax of this war is that you know using geo like and the Amazons have Terra, so they're both using those who as weapons and it's cracking
1: the Earth in half. So I think that's his first priority. Have you read Flashpoint Five? Yeah, I have. Everybody has. Yeah. Can I say something or is it? a...
2: Absolutely. Yeah. F- so. What? Spoilers for Flashpoint, everybody.
1: Right. Go ahead. So so basically at the end of Flashpoint when everything is cracking in half and, you know, rays of light or whatever the hell you want to call it are shooting up from the crust. If Flash didn't go back in time and stop himself from trying to save his mom, Mm -hmm. Abin would have had his slack. (laughs) Is Did did Flash just beat Avan to the punch? Like Abin went through this whole situation of dying, finally reaching the life entity, having it possess him and choose him, <laughs> only to be cut short by Flash saving the world before he could.
0: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> God, it's such a of... such a waste.
1: Speaking of, uh, a Sinestro and Flash fight is something I actually want to see. <laughs> I, you
2: when, know when what? Si- go
1: ahead. When, Sin- when Sinestro said something about uh, killing Flash and taking his powers, I was just <laughs> like, Ooh, that'd be kind of cool to see go down. <laughs>
2: yeah, I would not... You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Johns went there in the, the relaunch. Just because it would be cool. <laughs> um... Yeah, but no. Yeah, g- now, g- What was, seriously, what was everybody's first reaction when, you know, you turn the page and you you see White Lantern Abinster? Action think- figure. <laughs>
0: yeah, that came to mind,
2: too. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw that, I was like, what? Because part of it's like, it's kind of touching on what issue one of Abinster did for me, where it's like, like, okay, here's, like, the white entity is, po- is possessing somebody, and now we have a white lantern. What's that mean for this world? And again, stop short of answering any questions or doing anything interesting with it. It's like, there's so much potential.
1: Ugh. When I saw it, when I did the page turn reveal, because this came out before the end of Flashpoint did. Yes. Even when I saw the page turn reveal, not knowing what was going to happen... Somehow, in the back of my mind, I knew it wouldn't have anything to do with the story. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's always well, that's a piece of crap. <laughs> it's like, it
2: really, and it, like, this should be a tremendous deal, especially in, especially where it is. Like, the big climax that's going to destroy the Earth. You know, it's... I also kind of like how, <laughs> how, uh, when Ab flying away, he's the Guardians are reprimanding him, saying, like, like, you have to go do your mission like we said. And he's like, you know about this Flashpoint prophecy. And the Guardian's just like, um, you know, you should just come back to Oa. You, you <laughs> should should just not, not do any of that, so. <clears throat> oh,
3: man.
1: Nice to know the Guardians are dicks in any universe. <laughs> um...
0: Did any so everybody else like? Did you guys all read the the main Flashpoint series? <laughs> yes. yes, I read.
2: I read. Uh, I don't know about tie and you guys. Read. I read uh, Flashpoint, the regular book. I read these two, and I read Kid Flash.
0: Yeah, I read the the last issue of <laughs> several books just to see if there was any you know crossover with this whatsoever.
2: Something I actually really want to read is the the three issue Batman tie in though.
1: I heard that was really good.
2: That sounds amazing.
1: Um, and I also heard Project Superman was okay, depending on what you're what what it is about Superman you like. Yeah,
2: but like um, the, Bat- the Batman one was like basically there's like a panel in issue three that ties into Flashpoint, but it's just like a really awesome dark Batman story that happens to take place in the Flashpoint world.
1: Well, I read I read um, the main Flashpoint series, these two mini-series, and I also read Dead Man and the Flying Graysons, and um, I was going to pick up Lois Lane and the Resistance, but it sat in my pull list for so long, and I just kept buying other things ahead of it that I just finally decided, well, obviously I'm not excited about this, so I just put it back. And I also did the same thing with Canterbury Cricket.
2: Like, I wanted to try loads, because I really wanted to see, like... Because it's like, okay, maybe it would be, like, Marvel's front-line stuff, and it would be... And it's by Abner and Lanning, who do, like, all the Marvel cosmic stuff, so I'm like, okay, this should be good, but something about it just made me stay away, and I don't know, I haven't heard that much great about it.
1: Yeah, from what I hear, I'm not missing anything. Dead Man and the Flying Graysons was pretty good, though. Yeah, a, a borrow, not a pants, but no, not a pie either.
2: I would actually, I would recommend. <clears throat> me, I would recommend Kid Flash Lost. It's I, and if you don't want to go in for the long haul with it, like, I mean, it's only three issues. But if you want to just read issue three, like issue three, I think deserves to be read. Well, that's kinda... if
0: you want answers, <laughs> hmm? if you want answers about what's hap- what happened to the Kid Flash.
2: Yeah, well, you don't even necessarily need that. Maybe going into the relaunch, but uh, it's kind of it's kind of the final word on this in- iteration of well, Bart Allen.
1: Well, you don't know what the hell happens to uh, the, you. Don't know that anything happened to Bart at all if all you're reading is Flashpoint because all that stuff where him getting sent away and all that that happened to um that happened in the Flash series. It didn't happen in Flashpoint.
2: That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Oh. No.
1: No, read read Kid Flash Lost number
2: 3. Or or don't. No, dude, no it's a, <laughs> it's a really nice issue. Like have you read it, Jim?
0: Um I I that one I flipped through. I mean uh, I saw what happened. I I saw the whole, you know, the the point of it.
2: Yeah, no. It was real it was written really well. It's just, just read it, read it. It deserves to be read. It doesn't deserve a flip through.
0: Did you guys uh, read uh, anything from the Booster Gold series?
2: No. Not for a long time.
0: Yeah. That's... Yeah, the Booster Gold thing. <laughs> that, was, that was weird and sad. Makes me have very little hope for the rebooted Booster Gold. What happened? Um... Okay, well, spoilers for Bo- Booster Gold. Um, he, well, he, when he gets into that, you know, into the, the Flashpoint universe, um, since he was time-traveling when it happened, he can remember. Yeah. Um, throughout the, you know, what, what's, what's going on, he uh, starts to kind of forget. Mm. Um, and, you know, like, by the end, the only thing that he can remember is that he needs to get a... A new suit that's the you know the thing that they close on and he can't remember anything Of the original timeline And You don't know where Michelle and Rip you know are In relation to him And uh The chalkboard that was Written just before Flashpoint Was actually written there By a character From this Flashpoint Series I don't know It was just it was bizarre just you know, I like I I liked what they were doing in Booster Gold as far as setting up clues with uh, you know future Booster Gold um, and what you call it. Okay, mega spoilers for <laughs> for Booster Gold um, with Rip Hunter being the son of Booster Gold. Yes. Um, I liked all that. That was really cool. Um, but, I don't know, I get the impression now that they're just going to completely erase all of that and just start completely fresh now with the uh, JLI and Booster Gold.
2: Maybe. Or they could bring... Like, they could still bring those characters in. You know?
0: Mm.
1: So, Flashpoint. for Well, two things, folks. One, these miniseries weren't all that great. <clears throat> and... Another thing, I'm tired. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so if I sound uninterested uninter- or any of the other guys sound in- uninterested, it's probably because we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. Flashpoint, Hal Jordan as a miniseries, and Avenger, the Green Lantern as a miniseries. Buy, borrow, pants, go.
2: In individually.
1: No, as a series. Because let's fa- let's face it, it's a th- it's only three issues. They're two ninety nine a piece, and let's face it, no one's going to go out and buy number two if you say buy on that one and pants on the others.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean like like treating this like a six issue story or as two three issue stories. Two three issues.
1: Two, yeah, two three issue.
2: Okay. Um, Hal Jordan, I would pass. Abincer, uh... I'd go pass cuz I don't really only go by on the first issue.
0: Jim. Yeah. Um, I don't I mean I don't know. I I I kind of have to agree because I mean like you know everything that we've heard of um Abinzer, which you know we haven't heard a lot about Observers but in this they were really really playing up the fact that like his entire mission in life is to protect life. Um, yeah.
3: <clears throat>
0: so, I mean, it. Well, actually, here's something ironic for you. <laughs> in, this, in this incarnation, he's kind of a one-note hero, and the only note is that he wants to protect life, as opposed <laughs> to the regular universe where, you know, his entire claim to fame is that he died and gave his ring to Hal Jordan. Huh. So, I'm not entirely sure that and Sur can carry more than one uh, one concept at a time.
2: Oh. He, no. Alright, go, go. Keep going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, from, from experience, from from what they've showed us, I mean, obviously any writer could do yeah. a better job, but... I mean,
2: how many people have actually tried, you know?
0: Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I... I these... You don't need to read these. Um, I mean, if... Somebody said, it's like, okay, I have Hal Jordan and I have Abin Sir. You know, pick one and I'll give it to you for absolutely free. You know, I'd be like, okay, well, give me the, the Abin Sir one because, you know, parts yeah. of that had some really great art. and There were a couple of cool story concepts to it.
2: Yeah, I mean, if if you want to just read something that's kind of cool that will make you think like, oh, what of this or what of that, you know. I would recommend, like, read Avenster number one, but stop there, because <laughs> that's, that's the only place that'll be there, you know? It
0: doesn't have an ending. The series just doesn't really end.
2: Yeah. Which is because, mm. I mean, it's not like, this isn't, like, another world in the 52, right? Like, this is the main DC, Earth, the main timeline that just got overwritten, So it's not like this world is still out there That they can come back to it So it's I think
0: think that's bullshit No I mean okay well Like realistically Like If they want to come back to this They always could Oh yeah You know like there's always like some sort of like You know back door That they can use Um now, yeah, according to the rules, now this rule, this world would will cease to exist once you know the new world starts existing. Um, mm. But I mean, you know, you got that mysterious hooded woman, and yeah. and not to mention
1: Auntie Monitor.
0: <laughs> yeah, whatever. I like that. Um, not to mention, like they they actually created a bunch of new characters for Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, like, it seems, like, it seems odd that they would come up with a bunch of characters if they had no intention of pulling them also into this new DCU.
2: We know some of them are.
0: So, I mean, like, part of me wonders if some of those characters <laughs> will have made the transition a lot more directly than just being like introduced into you know it's like oh yeah he was always here like i'm what i'm saying is there's another um
2: like like because we know element woman is going to be in the jla so like Mm -hmm. you're talking about like oh here's element woman she came to us from that whole flashpoint thing correct that we don't remember yeah
0: and in actuality there is there is kind of a device for that um there's another issue where another story um I forget which comic it is now, but they basically create a device which allows them to transport back and forth between Earth and any one of the other fifty two universes
2: in a flashpoint book or
0: yes what yeah it's uh I will tell you in one second.
1: While you're looking, I think if if, if, if uh, Element Woman's background does remain intact, and it's like she's from the Flashpoint universe, no one remembers, but she does. The okay. way her personality was set up in Flashpoint, she's gonna be like the Star Boy, or whatever. Star, yeah, yeah, yeah like the Star Man of of the new of the JLA. <laughs> I you know what? I would be totally
2: fine if they did that with her. <laughs> I, I really liked her character in Flashpoint. Like, I'm glad she's carrying over into the Justice League. Um,
1: she had a nice sense of innocence about her.
0: She com- has
2: juice boxes.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: that comic was the Outsider. Oh. Yeah, he. Um, he he modified the technology that brought the Martian Manhunter to Earth. Anyway, uh, anyway. <laughs> but in any case, what, I, what I'm getting at, though, is that there is a device to transport people from the Flashpoint Earth to other, you know, 52 universes. So, I mean, it stands to reason that if they jump there, then they could also make the jump, you know, to back to this Earth after the Flashpoint has shifted.
2: Or hell, there could be a group of characters that's just like refugees from this version that got out before the Flash did his thing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to to there being like more more of this version of some of these characters. Like some of them, like I skipped the times, but I was listening to other podcasts talk about them, and I'm like, huh, well, I kind of wish I read this or I, that that over there sounds interesting. Like it's a shame that our <laughs> the Lantern family of books didn't really get that, but,
3: (laughs) but, uh... It
0: would be nice if they, like, did a follow-up that actually closed off these stories. Because, I mean, to me, the natural progression would be Abin Sir bringing Hal Jordan back to life, and maybe even him getting the Green Lantern ring after Abin brought him back.
2: No. See, that's... I feel like, like, if all you're going to do is pay off where you know the timeline goes normally then there's no point in doing this Because like the, like the the big and I forget what podcast said it but like their big problem with the Hal Jorntine is that it's not different enough from the regular the regular way things go
1: yeah like, I mean for god's sakes Aquaman and Wonder Woman are freaking warmongering villains yeah bent on destroying each other and the world yeah.
2: I mean I think like like, the fact that they killed Hal Jordan, I like that they did that. Because, like, you wouldn't... Like, like this is something, like, you can kill Hal Jordan in here and not bring him back, and it won't matter. And that's not something you can get away with in the regular DC Universe for more than 10 years.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, like, yeah, I think, like, Ab and Sir, like, the world is crumbling beneath him. The thing he's going to do first with that power is stop the world from dying. Then... You know, maybe he'll go back... Like, I don't think Hal Jordan specifically is going to be on his top ten list of priorities. And I would not like to see him resurrect Hal at all.
0: Yeah, I, I, th- I think he would be coming back.
2: Ah, that's bullshit. <sighs> Do you like Flashpoint as an event? Or as a story? Story, event, whichever you want to call it. Just, like, Flashpoint 1 to 5.
0: You know what I really... Yeah. Oh, sorry.
1: It was alright. I don't think it was necessary. Mm. Nah. I would have been, I would have almost preferred a uh, hey, by the way, we're rebooting everything. Oh, there's not really going to be a reason there. It, yeah. There's an in-story reason for it. Just, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, and that, it's interesting that you phrase it that
2: way, because I was thinking about this today, and that's I, I have to think this is intentional, but that's basically what happened back in in uh 85 with the first crisis where like they they made their big sweeping changes to the dc universe based solely on on like sales and editorial and they didn't have to give an in-story explanation for anything but they decided to do an event explaining it in story anyway so at least in in that regard, like, Flashpoint kind of was reminiscent of the first Crisis to me. And it ha- and it, it uh, all came down to a Flash, which was a nice Crisisy y little thing. Jim, what were you going to say?
0: Um, well, first off, I want to say um, if, if Adam Schlagman is at uh, the New York Comic Con, I'm definitely going to ask him <laughs> if if uh, White Lantern and Abin Sir would have brought back Hal Jordan.
2: He wouldn't. It, he, you you seriously think he would go, Okay, the world's about to explode. Well, i okay. bring back this guy. I
0: don't know if it would be the first thing that he, he does, but I think it would be on his top ten list.
2: Top ten list. You, you don't think, like, resurrecting England might take precedent over Hal Jordan. No. How about, like, remember all those buildings in Coast City that got eaten by a giant dragon? <laughs>
0: no, because he doesn't have any connection to those people. He, he, we
2: got three issues of Abazur being like, no one dies, no one, I'm saving all life ever. <laughs> and now he's like, yeah, except those jerks over there. I'm going to bring back Hal Jordan. I met him for two and a half minutes. He seems cool.
0: Basically. That's the impression that I get. But wow. uh, as far as Flashpoint on a whole. Um, I'll tell you what concept I hated the most The Shazam thing
2: You hated that? I, I,
0: It was so confusing
2: How was that confusing? Oh
0: god I had Between confusing and no interest Like I had no interest to even try And figure it out it was just like oh,
2: Come on Well I mean there, was, there were like a couple word balloons That were pointed at the wrong person When the kids were talking to each other I don't know if that's what you're talking about in terms of confusing.
0: Oh, that, yeah, it may have, may have helped me to not understand it, but, I don't know, it's like, you got like a frickin' army of little kids, you know, being Shazam.
2: Yeah, why not? Oh god, it was so
0: irritating. How is that, what, what's irritating? You know what, you know what it about? reminded me of? It's like, what? uh, was it the, the Newsboy Legion? Okay. With the powers of Shazam.
2: No interest. Yeah, no interest. I I love it. I mean, it's like it's like all seven. Like every kid has one of the the representative powers, and they all like fuse into Captain Marvel. Like that's awesome. Come on.
0: (laughs) I am your powers combined. (laughs) Uh. Oh yeah. No. uh, And then there's the fact that Flash gets hit by lightning with all the chemicals it doesn't work, but the second time, it does work.
2: Eh, I didn't have any problem with that. Yeah. I mean, like, seriously, like, the first time, because you, ex- they did that to surprise it, because, like, the- you expect, okay, the Flash is about to get his powers back, but you turn the page, and you're like, oh, shit. And then the next thing, like, it- it's I forget what Batman said, like, there was I think Chad's asleep.
1: Yeah. No, I'm here. <laughs> Wake up, Chad. <laughs> I already said my my thoughts on Flashpoint.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't but care. Like, but it's like...
2: No, go ahead,
1: go ahead. No, sorry. I, I enjoyed some aspects of it. I just don't care. On the whole, tw- hindsight being twenty twenty, I I don't care. I didn't need it. Yeah. I
2: could have passed on it. Yeah, I'm kind of middle of the road on it, too. Like, there's stuff in it that I definitely enjoyed more than you guys did. But, you know, I... Like, I I really like the concept of, like, okay, you've got Barry Allen, he's trying to race against time to figure out how to fix the world, as, you know, just like with Booster Gold, his memories are being overwritten by memories of the new world, and he's not going to be able to tell the difference very soon. And then, like, he gets to this point, like, actually tying it into what we're talking about, when he sees on the TV that Hal Jordan just died in a nuke, it, like, hits him, like, holy crap... I don't even know how to like i don't know the first thing about how to fix this what if we can't and this is the world we're stuck with maybe we should be trying to save this world instead of change it and he has that whole like 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 he's going on like the typical hero journey through this thing and then all of a sudden he stops and he's like shit no we can't afford to be doing this we have to do something about this instead but then we're also running out of time for this other thing and and then you get like the reveal of what really happened. So, I thought, oh, I thought it was kind of some cool stuff in there. I
0: like the I like the last issue. Mm. Iss- issue five was uh, was pretty good. Um,
1: Crying Batman and all.
0: I mean, I thought that was a very very interesting touch. Um, i you know that that's something that I, I don't think I've ever seen with a time travel uh, you know s- you know story online like this.
2: Which what that was.
0: Like, when it, the way that, uh, t- you know, the father survived in the parallel universe or the altered timeline. Mm. And so he's able to write a note, give it to the Flash, and the Flash is able to transfer for it back to the regular timeline. Yeah. I thought that was a really, really clever concept. Yeah.
2: Um, and people have. People have been on, like, two extreme sides about whether or not Batman or Bruce would react the way he did, and like, I was absolutely fine with it. I liked it, because when you get right down to it, like, it doesn't matter who you are, or how much you've trained yourself, or conditioned yourself, or prepared yourself. (laughs) When you give him the first and only honest-to-God communication from his father since he was 10 years old and saw his father die, like, that's Not only is that significant in and of itself, it's also also tugging on the heartstrings of the most important moment of his entire life. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... So, absolutely, you know, we think of, like, him as Batman, but we tend to forget that, yeah, he's... Underneath all, he's still just a guy, you know? He's got all of his emotions. He's gonna react.
0: Um... Now, a couple of things. The, um... The fact that it was actually the Flash's fault mm. for the, the time being the way that it is. Um, I mean... I guess it's a nice twist. I mean, like, we I, we were just... We were expecting it was, you know, Thorn that had just changed a bunch of things, but... Okay, so, you know, you make it Barry, um, you make it fall on his shoulders, whatever. Um...
2: Yeah, at first I did not like that. But then I, th- I thought about it, and I'm like, well, it actually does make a lot of sense.
0: <laughs> but, what you call one of the things is uh, Thorn like, vibrates the molecules in his head so that he can remember. Yeah. So, you know, so he remembers everything <laughs> from the old universe. So, you know, one would think that he would be able to Set everything right the way that it should be.
2: Well, he he made Barry remember what he did. He didn't. I like he didn't give Barry like a full set of memories back. He remembered the. Because I uh, mean, it's not like
0: what... no, because he he vibrated the he vibrated his memories to be in sync with the alternate timeline. The, like, I... the original timeline.
2: Yeah, and that like what I read that as okay that because of being in flashpoint, Barry doesn't remember doing the thing that caused flashpoint. Which okay, that makes that makes sense for what they set up. And Thawne's like, oh, you really don't remember what you did here. I'll make you remember what you did. Then he puts his hand in his head, vibrates whatever, and then Barry remembered what he did. That doesn't mean he has to have full memory of the timeline beforehand. That just means he remembers running back in time and changing it.
1: I'm just still hung up on the panel where Barry's like, yes! I remember! Yeah. That was totally worth a two-page spread.
2: Yeah, that was a weird choice. <laughs> I mean, it's a moot point because by the time, like, like that end scene with Batman, that's in the uh, relaunch New 52 universe, so it's like we know that he doesn't remember the pre-relaunch version. He he remembers the flashpoint universe. He doesn't remember the pre-relaunch version.
0: Right. Yeah. I well what I was getting at was, you know, if if Thorne's vibrations made him remember um you know, the way the original universe was. And then he went back to change things to fix the way that they were supposed to be. Mm. Now, I mean, uh, yeah, okay, you would have um, you would have minor changes here and there. But then also you have the, you know, the mystery woman who decided that she was going to use this to merge three universes into one. Mm. So, I mean, he could have remembered everything and put everything back perfectly. But, you know, with three universes merged into one, you know, you're also going to get other changes that he couldn't account for. Eh.
2: Nah. I think you're re- you're putting a lot into the panel that wasn't there. It's like, well, Th- like Thawne was Thon wanted him to remember this specific thing, so he snapped his fingers and said, "Here, you can remember this now."
0: Yeah, well, he said, "I'm going to restore your internal vibrations."
2: Yeah, he said he's going to reset the internal vibrations so you can remember what you did.
0: Well, by resetting the internal vibrations, he's resetting Flash's internal vibrations to the timeline that he was from.
2: Well, don't you even pretend you know what it means to reset internal vibrations.
0: (laughs) I know exactly what he means by resetting the internal vibrations. Hmm. He's got the internal vibrations from one timeline. He's been in this timeline, and... His vibrations were slowly syncing up to this timeline, which is why his memories were getting fainter. Okay, this is not right. really worth
2: it. <laughs> Let's—I mean, even—even even if okay, let's say you're right. Let, I mean, look how slow, look how gradually Barry was losing the memory of the original timeline. Why would it just all snap back immediately? You know, maybe he got back immediately what Fawn was focusing on giving him back. And maybe if he hung around for a few more days, it all would have filled itself back in. But they didn't do that. He took off it, immediately.
1: It, it doesn't matter. There's a new 52. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah. You guys just like to argue.
0: Which, you, <laughs> you know, one thing that, that is odd. Okay, so they're merging <laughs> the Wildstorm universe into DC. Mm-hmm. Um, I get Vertigo. that. Yeah. The, the Vertigo one, like, they already started merging in everything.
2: Yeah, Constantine and uh, Swamp Thing.
0: I mean,
1: I don't think my point. in
3: there.
1: That was my point in one of the previous topics on the thread or something. Why did we need to... I mean, technically, didn't they destroy... S- uh as far back as planning goes, didn't they destroy part of Star City just to bring Swamp Thing back into the universe? Yes. I mean so if they were if this was coming down the pike, were they planning on doing events for everything to get it all into one cohesive universe? <laughs> because this is that would just have been retarded.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well you know I really don't like the fact that there's two Constantines now.
2: Why? What's it matter?
0: I don't know. It's just... It irritates me.
2: But they're... look. One is gonna stay over there in his bubble. This one can interact with... Like, Swamp Thing and shit. Like... It, like, look, look at it this way. Look at it this way. They've had a good thing going with... Constantine, the way that he's been treated over in Vertigo. Right. Now... They want to use Constantine for stories in regular DC,
0: as opposed that, to creating a that, new
2: character. That would yeah well, yeah they go for brand you know that they all right if they took the Constantine they've had and used him for mainstream DC stuff that would do they would screw up that character they would they would. Like tone him down. They would try and make him more mainstream. They would do all this stuff that would just royally piss off the long-term fans of this character. So instead, they did something that DC's never ever done before. They created an alternate universe version of the character who's who's younger. He's he's made for this mainstream superhero universe, and they can just just do whatever they want to him and not have to worry about. Bucking over the original character or the fans.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really have any interest in Swamp Thing, so I'm not going to read that anyway. Um, and based on you know the, what, what?
1: It's, it sounds to me though, the way I'm hearing things, it's always the, it's at least with the Fifty Two, it's the comics you have zero interest in that are turning out to be the great ones. Not for big... Like I had. Well, for according to cgs at least um i'm hearing fantastic things about two ones i that i didn't even i i didn't care about it at all so much so that i forgot they were even coming out it was two specifically uh demon knights and uh Omac. Oh. <laughs> i hear those are just phenomenal
0: yeah i i wouldn't they, they could be amazing, and I'm not reading them. <laughs> um, I, I have zero. all I, oh, I have zero interest in that, and it's not
3: like
0: <clears throat> I, I, ju- I just don't like the concepts that they're based on. They could do anything with those characters, and I just am not going to ever have any interest in them.
2: Oh, that's not fair. How did you know you liked Green Lantern until you read your first Green Lantern book? Or until you saw Green Lantern on Super Press for the first time?
0: I've said, okay, well, that's an awesome concept. Let's see what they how, do with how, it.
2: How, how would you know what the concept was?
0: Well, I mean, for me, technically getting into Green Lantern, it was seeing Green Lantern in the uh, Return, Return of Superman storyline, um, where they destroyed Coast City. So I got hmm. to see... You know him do his thing I you know figured out what he could do and everything like that I knew what he could do from The DC trading cards It was a interesting concept You know like if I can't get behind The concept Then it's it's definitely An uphill battle Like the same thing with the demon Um I'm not really a big fan of that character I, I just don't like the concept The same thing with Olmac I mean I hate the Olmac concept I actively hate it Yeah but, I mean, Resurrection Man, I mean, I love that concept, and, you know, I try out issue one, and it was, you know, one of the greatest things I've read in a really long time. Mm. So.
1: Are, are we done with these issues? Yeah. In Flashpoint as a whole? I yeah. think
0: so, yeah.
2: Yeah, and anybody out there who wants to get more, uh, <coughs> more in-depth Flashpoint talk and coverage, I... I you know, we've talked about them on the show before. I would highly recommend checking out the Flashback podcast. You know, I've been listening to them for a long time, and I could, I'd say for, at least for me, the Flashpoint episodes they've done have been the best episodes they've done since they started their show. You know, this is, I think this is what they wanted to be doing when Flash Rebirth came around, but that barely came out.
1: <laughs> Motion seconded since I also listened to that show. So, do we want to announce something, or do we want to let Dan go on a spiel?
2: I think Jim has an announcement.
0: Um, which?
1: Yeah, because he always forgets to do these things.
0: Well, I mean, I know what I have to do, but what do you guys think I have to do?
1: You have to draw a winner.
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> Was there something else?
1: No.
2: You had no idea. You you're like what? Oh, contest? What? Oh well, no!
0: I knew exactly <laughs> what I had to do. We have I have all of our uh, entrants on a list. I have given them each a number. And I have uh, random.org to randomly generate a number corresponding to one of the people on the forums. Okay. Um, picking a number. And the winner is Golferia.
1: Goltheria, you are the proud owner of a Green Lantern Archive Edition hardcover volume one. <laughs>
2: yes. And he, he made the, uh, the scarf, didn't
0: he? Yes. Yes. He hand, I don't know, knitted, I guess? Knitted or crocheted? Hand crocheted, knitted a, uh, a scarf. It's a great scarf. Um, it's got Green Lantern symbols alternating, you know, in the, the circle and uh, no circle. And the, the coolest part about it is that he actually included the F-sharp bell in there. <coughs> so, thank you, Galtheria. Uh, yes, there's,
2: there's a picture on the forum in the thread about the contest that everybody should go and check out.
0: Yes. Um, other, other notable entries were, uh, well, you can see on the forum, were uh, Stones, GL Cake and uh, John JohnOnezumi666. Uh, uh, him and Rachel have a combined entry um, that you can see. It's a. <laughs> not life size, but it's a. <laughs> a
1: mogo.
0: It's a 3D mogo.
1: They should have done a variant of exploded mogo.
0: <laughs> mogo
2: bits. Just take, a, just take yeah. a picture of some rocks.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> mogo bits. <clears throat> and. Uh,
2: the mogo logo glows
0: the mogo logo the mogo logo <laughs> yeah.
2: maybe take a picture of the mogo bits next to like a figure of the alien from aliens just to tie it into the books a little more
0: um yeah so Goltheria, uh email us your info and we will send you out your prize so congratulations and thank you to everybody else that entered and, uh, I don't know, we'll have another contest eventually. Yay!
1: With awesome prizes. Oh, yes. You're like, with awesome prizes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sad
0: panda. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now, what? Did you have to say something also, Dad? He um,
1: does. He chat, must.
0: Yes. Has- yes. God damn it, shut up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep... We're already at the end of the episode. We're talking over each other. <laughs>
2: God. Uh, Chad keeps
1: badgering me to
2: give my thoughts on uh, the closing of Green Lantern Corps. Oh, God. And, and, I mean, I didn't go much into it in, in uh, the email because they didn't have that much to say about the issue. I mean, it was just a bad, bad issue. But, you know, like Chad like Chad pointed out, you know, this used to be my favorite book. You know, I mean... I think Green Lantern Corps when it's in the hands of a capable writer can be the best book in the Lantern line. You know, it can you know, it can do all of the things that a Hal Jordan book does, but do it in my opinion in a much more interesting way because you're not limited to this one focused character. You know, you can have your your human point of view character just to keep things grounded, but it's an ensemble book. It's a team book, you know, and and it deals so well with the question of, like, okay, you know, not just, okay, what happens when you give this amazing cosmic power to to a regular person, but what happens when you give that exact same power to thousands of people? How do they you? And, and it responds to, you know, the way they think and what they feel. Like, the, that by itself, like, that to me is one of the greatest concepts in superhero comics period like and the ability to have a book where you can just take your time and really explore that and explore these people that is what elevates this to the top of the green lantern pile for me and you know this this final issue was not a huge it it was a disappointment make no mistake it was a disappointment but it wasn't as huge of a disappointment because, in my opinion, the quality had dropped off a long time ago. <laughs> you know, I you guys have warmed up to you know the art we talk about a lot. I have not at all. I'm kind of glad that uh, Kirkham is moving over to New Guardians this month or next month. Whenever, uh, whatever this this comes out in September, he's moving over there this month. And you know. And, you know, I talked about, like, the book being in the hands of a capable writer. Gleason, or Tomasi, I'm sorry. I think of those two together all the time. Peter J. Tomasi is that writer. You know, I part of me does not want to read a Green Lantern universe that does not have Peter Tomasi's input into it. You know, Tony Bedard is not that writer. And that it pains me to say that, because, you know, when I went to Florida, one of the things I took with me was... Just shy of his entire series of Rebels. I have one trade left to get. I'm at, I'm getting up to go get it immediately after we finish this because that is a fantastic series. If you like science fiction and the DC universe and Doctor Who, and want to see it all mixed together into something awesome, read Bedard's Rebels. You will not be sorry. But it's just something about the Green Lantern characters. He just he's just not good at writing it. Maybe that'll change with New Guardians. Maybe it won't. I'm absolutely willing to give him another shot, give him a clean slate. But at the same time, I'm not expecting to like that too much. So as for me, like the last really great issue of Green Lantern Core I remember <clears throat> is the uh, the little epilogue downtime issue after Blackest Night, because after that we got you know the whole the whole uh, cyborg Superman Alpha Lantern story, and then the Weaponer the Weaponer story, and it just... And then it went into, like, just the, the mediocrity problems I had with a lot of uh, War of the Green Lanterns. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like, what made all the creative stuff and the character stuff that made Green Lantern Corps my favorite book shifted over to Emerald Warriors for okay. its lifespan. And now, now that that's run its course the creative team, and characters of Emerald Warriors are coming back to Green Lantern Corps. So, out of all of the books in the New 52, because I haven't gotten my box yet, I know the issue has come out already, but I'll be getting mine in, like, a week, week and a half. I am looking forward to Green Lantern Corps number one the most, because it's Pierre Tomasi writing Guy Gardner, Kilowog, and... I don't think he's in it yet, but he soon will be Sodom Yat and the characters surrounding them. Because those three characters, Tomasi has been writing those three specific characters since the Sinestro War. It's it's all of his work in the Green Lantern universe has been those three characters and the characters that happen to be around them. And that changes, but those are those constants. And plus I don't know if he's drawing the first few issues but Fernando Passarin, who drew all of Green uh not all of, but most of uh, Emerald Warriors. He's going to be the series artist on Green Lantern Corps now, so so they would have to do something epic to make me not like Green Lantern again. Because this, or Green Lantern Corps again, because this, for all intents and purposes, should rise to the top of my stack again almost immediately, and I cannot wait to be able to say once more completely honestly, without a shred of doubt in my mind, that Green Lantern Corps is my favorite book.
1: Have, having read Green Lantern Corps, I will not say anything, except it's better than the last issue of Green Lantern Corps was. <laughs> and it's it's it probably the best Green Lantern Corps we've had in a while. Cool.
0: Um, you know, as strange as it sounds, um, I, I think near the end... I think uh, Bedard was kind of getting the hang of things. Um, So, in all actuality, out of all of the Green Lantern books, I think the one that I am the most interested in is the New Guardians. Um,
2: Oh yeah, and that issue, uh, what was it, sixty-one with John Stewart and uh, and uh, Karina? Yeah, that was he wrote Bedard wrote that right? Exactly. Yeah, that was really good, and I give him absolutely credit. I even said on the episode I really like that issue. So, he, he is a good writer. It's just his Green Lantern stuff doesn't hit with me very much.
0: So, I mean, like, I, I think, I just feel like with uh with the lineup of characters, what, what Bedard has to work with, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited to see that new concept come together. Um, but, uh, you know, having said that, I I haven't, you know, I haven't not enjoyed any of the Green Lantern that I'm reading so far. So, uh, all, all around, it, it's pretty good. Um, did you guys have anything else that uh, needed to get said before we close out?
1: No. mm
0: Okay, then uh, I'm just going to add that uh, if you are going to New York Comic Con... Daniel HDR, the artist on Green Lantern Corps, number 61, will be at Table W4 um, in Artist Alley. And uh, I think we'll have like another episode that should come out before New York Comic Con, so maybe we'll uh, try and get together some information, um, other Green Lantern creators that are going to be there and where they'll be at, if you want to check them out.
1: Oh, sure. I'll just uh, drive right by and uh, on my way home from work. Check out yes. the con.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you wish you could.
1: <laughs>
0: when is when is the New York con, anyway? October 14th, 15th, and 16th. Actually, it starts on the 13th, which is like a Wednesday. Or Thursday, rather. And then it, it goes uh, to Sunday. But uh, next month. Nice. I will be there.
2: Have fun with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that next episode. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, if you want to email us, you can do so at LanternCast at gmail.com or email us individually at our names. It's uh, Jim, Dan, Chad, Jason, or James at LanternCast.com. You can go to our website, LanternCast.com, where we have links to our forum, our Facebook page, our Twitter, our uh, gallery, whatever. It's all on there. <laughs> um you can find us on iTunes, you can subscribe to us there, or leave us a review if you are so inclined, and, uh, our voicemail number, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, is 708-LANTERN, just spell out the letters LANTERN on your telephone, and, uh, leave us a voicemail. Uh, I don't think we, uh, have any new ones to get to yet, but, uh... Nope. I mean, we, we do like playing them now, so... <laughs> Oh, God. Especially with that that Google Translate thing where it actually you know, transcribes your, your voicemail. I, that's too funny to not say on the air. <laughs> so, yes, please leave us voicemails. Um, and uh, I think that's it.
1: Good night, everybody. Yeah. Good night, future people.
0: So long.
3: <laughs>